Welcome everyone to the Healing Art of Being You podcast. Today, it is me and Allison, and we are here in a season finale to get you guys prepped and ready for the holiday season, to talk about all the things that we loved about this season and give you a kind of a what to expect for season three. So welcome. We are so excited to have you. We're recording this the week of Thanksgiving, so happy Turkey Day to all those of you who celebrate it. You'll likely hear this afterwards, but you know, sending you all the greetings, but there are. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it can be a challenge for sure to be around family and extended family and friends during this time, loving the interactions and the ability to spend time with each other. And at the same time, it can drain your battery pretty really pretty quickly. Right. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to talk about some strategies and some things that we have used in the past to help us stay in alignment and stay regulated within our nervous systems and in our bodies and kind of come back to center when we have depleted our social battery completely. Um, yeah. So Allison, why don't you give us your favorite intervention to, bring yourself back to center when you're feeling over peopled or over committed and busy and kind of in that frenetic energy. Yeah. So I would say this is a big one for me because, um, as we all know, I've talked about this many, many times, but I am, um, a recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionism, definitely a a chemical dependency on stress. Um, definitely a stress addict for lots and lots of years. And so learning to kind of come out of that and, you know, a lot of my own healing and boundary setting and just kind of figuring out who I really am and what I really want out of life. I've been able to step away from a lot of that energy, but one thing that they don't tell you when you get over (laughs) your stress addiction, um, or when you're working through battling through that stress addiction Mm -hmm. is that when you're in a chronic state of stress, you learn how to function pretty dang well in that chronic state of stress, or at least in a functional state enough that nobody would recognize that you are boiling beneath the surface. Um, until, you know, one of the kids spills a glass of milk and then you lose your mind and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, she's crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, So now that I am not in that same level of chronic stress and all that jazz, I find that being in large groups is just very overstimulating. And I could love every single person in that group and it is still a lot of people in for me. So the first thing that I have done has been making sure that Ryan and my, my, my family. So like my kiddos and Ryan, they have a really good understanding of how I can show up when I have energy versus what it looks like for me to show up when I really don't, when I've been kind of like overtaxed and helping them understand like, Hey, I, I really want to be a good mom right now. I don't feel like I'm being a very good mom right now because I'm not, I'm not able to pay attention to what you're telling me. And it sounds like you're telling me a really cool story, but my brain is fried right now. If you can give me 15 minutes of quiet, I want to come back and I want to hear this story. That way I can really be involved. And that way they understand like, what's the benefit for them. And so, cause it's little kids. It's like, you don't really want to teach them to be like serving everybody all the time either. Like they need to learn their own autonomy. Absolutely. Um, But for them to understand like, hey, if you give me the space to just down train my body for a second, then I can show up much better for you. So that has been months and months and months 
of practice and training for my kiddos. Um, my recent meditative practice obviously has been a big change in that. So anybody who's been following over at my PT side of things, um, I've been doing 30 days of 15 minutes of no music, no guidance, no distraction meditation. So just 15 minutes by myself. Um, as a side note, it was say, where's the plug? Miserable. It was miserable <laughs> at first. <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible. Um, but I've gotten much, much better at it. But more importantly, my family recognizes it as well. So like, if I don't have time to meditate at the clinic because I'm back to back with patients, perfectly fine. I know when I drop the kids off at soccer practice, my daughter can sit in the back and she can play quietly for 15 minutes while I do it. She now has gotten to the point where she comes and sits up in the front seat. She wants to hold my hand and then we meditate together. She lasts for one or two minutes, but she's also six years old. Right. Right. But she's recognizing that like, oh, when I give mom that space, then she wants to play card games with me. She'll color with me. She'll read books with me. And so for her, she has that investment as well. Um, the kids were all outside playing. And I, I always joke that my, my children enter a home much like um, Kramer from Seinfeld enters yeah. Jerry's apartment, right? It is yep. not discreet, let's just say. It's very hello like, world. hello, I we're here. here. Yes. And so I have been wanting to challenge myself a little bit with my meditative practice recently to sit in more chaotic environments and still be able to find that inner quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I was meditating in the family room while the children were outside playing. And so I hear my middle kiddo come running in. Of course, the door bangs open. He walks around the corner and sees me. He's like, oh, sorry, mom. And then like walked away and like shut the door. And then five, 10 minutes later, I hear another, whoever it was coming to run in. And then I hear him yell, mom's meditating. Give her a minute. And so then I hear the door quietly open up. And so it was just that respect of like, hey, she needs her space, right? So that's kind of what I've been putting into place for a long time here. And then Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, Ryan's recognition of what peopling does. Right. And so he'll even kind of bring up, like if we have a baseball party for the kids or a soccer party or whatever the case is, right. We're around a lot of people or, you know, there's a, there's a basketball tournament and we have game after game after game. And, you know, of course, when you go, when you're in youth sports, you're not just like with your team. It's like, you know, everybody from all the teams. Right. And so when you want to go say hi, cause they're your friends, but at the same time, yeah. it's just like, I just kind of want to stay here and do nothing for a little bit. Right. So after that, if we're sitting down for dinner and then it's like, you know, one of them's talking to me and it's, Oh, Hey mom, Hey mom, Hey mom, Hey mom. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. And so it's like, I have a tendency to get like my eyes get big and my hands kind of come up and then Ryan will jump in and be like, Hey, everyone take a breath. Mom's had a lot of people in today. Right. And you know, she wants to hear what you want to say. So let's just do one at a time. So just like having a partner who can kind of jump in and just say, Hey, we're not, this isn't a good environment and we can make it a good environment if we just give some space. So that's kind of like the background work that's gone into all this. What I do when I'm in the moment is I really do rely heavily on Ryan is like, I can like, let him know kind of what is my, what am I feeling? Like, what are my energy levels like for the day? You know, like, am I waking up energized? I'm ready to go. Or is it like hormonally I'm right before my period. I'm feeling exhausted and like crap and irritable, right? Like that he, he, I can like, let him know, like, can you carry the brunt of it today? Um, I don't want to make any decisions today. I, can you just, Hey, if you, 
like we might come up with a signal like hey yeah. if i um if i signal this or whatever can you just come tell me you need to talk to me about something mm-hmm. right and just separate me from the yeah. environment just so that i just so that i don't feel like it's this big public display of like Allison's not handling this. Yes. You know? Yeah. It could be a little bit more discreet. Um, the other thing is I rely heavily on the physiological side, which we've gone over before, but it's just that deep inhale, bonus inhale, and then very slow exhale. Cause it just gives you that little bit of breathing room from like that elevated stress level to like being able to make, rational decisions or stay present in a conversation. Um, and then also like I try to set the boundaries beforehand, you know? So it's like, while, like, while I may want to see my extended family, I may not necessarily want to see them on the day of the holiday. Or I may not want to see them for the entire day or whatever the case may be. Right. And so, and you can't always, you can't make everybody change their plans just simply based on you. I mean, I guess you could, but that's not who I choose to be. Um, And so, you know, it's really like kind of deciding like, okay, what am I, what do I really want? What does my immediate little family want? You know, and then once I kind of make sure that we're all on the same page, then I'll say like, Hey, we will be available at this point in time. Don't feel like you have to change your plans for us. So for example, let's say, let's say you have a family tradition of watching, I don't know, some sort of holiday movie, Thanksgiving morning with your family. Right. And that's, that's what your family tradition is. But your extended family wants to do, um, lunch at noon. Right. And you're like, well, I don't want to wake the kids up at like eight o'clock in the morning to like watch the movie and then get showers and then travel where we want to go. And you're like, you know what? We can get there at noon or we can get there at two. Right. Don't feel, don't feel like you have to wait for us. If we miss it, we miss it. We'll get the leftovers. It's fine. We just want to see everybody, but yep. this is what's going to work better for us. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Because they, they can choose to show up however they want with the information that you provide them. They can choose to be accepting of your boundaries and be okay with that. They can choose to feel hurt by that. They can choose to feel complete indifference towards that. Like it really, mm-hmm. that's their choice. It's not yeah, your you're choice. giving them permission. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're saying like, hey, you don't, I'm not asking you to wait for us right. to get there. Not at all. I'm just saying, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You guys do you. This is what's going to work out best. And for us to yeah. be able to do what we really want to do for our holiday and that includes seeing you. Yeah. This is what's going to work best for everybody. So setting those boundaries ahead of time, just so that like, you're not just showing up late and people are like, where are you guys? Right. Exactly. Letting them know, here's the plan. This is what we're going to be available for. You can do whatever it is that you need to do. Right. With permission and gratitude. Right. I love that. I think that's a huge one. I, um, you know, I am someone who often gets same recovery, recovery process here of the people pleasing and the, uh, you know, perfectionism. And so I will pile on the to-do list of the things I have to do until it is as long as a CVS receipt. And 
I may really want to do those things. My heart could be filled with joy with the idea of seeing all of the family and going to all these places and doing all these things. And at the same time, it can be exhausting and not actually the best thing for me in the long run. Right. And so I think that I've really tried to get clear on boundaries for myself where I can show up and be my best self and be the most joyful and interactive and give that love and that compassion and that connection because that's the you know point of visiting and holidays and all that stuff, right? Um, and understanding that if I give away too much, I'm not going to have that anymore to give. And so the quality of that interaction is going to decline rapidly. And so is it, am I really doing myself a service or the person I'm like staying around to see a service? No, I'm not. I'm actually like making life worse on both of us. Right. And so, um, really something, a mantra that's been big for me recently has been like things that are done out of duty are not in alignment. And so trying to get very clear about, my intentions for the task at hand, whether that task is doing the dishes, making Thanksgiving dinner, or going to Thanksgiving dinner, going to my aunts and uncles and, you know, extended family, that kind of stuff. And so being able to identify the intention behind it and making sure that the boundaries that I put in place will allow me to be in that energy and be in that place of compassion and love. And at the same time, really taking a moment to sit down and say like, you know, like there might be things that are traditions for your family that are big for the family, but maybe you don't love everything about it. Right. Um, like midnight mass or something, something, right? Caroling, whatever the case may be, really trying to get to a place of clarity within myself of seeing what aspects of that task I do love, what aspects of that task can bring me joy, and then focusing on those things before I go into it. And if I can't find that joy or that desire or the positive aspect of it, then that's a pretty clear sign that maybe it's actually not the best thing for me to do, to move forward on. Right. And so allowing myself the permission to identify like, Hey, I don't have to do anything. I get to do everything. I have the opportunity, I am lucky to have the opportunity to do these things. And so what do I want that to look like? And how can I stay in that energy instead of shifting into that? I have to, what was me, exhausted, overwhelmed, overcommitted kind of place, right? Um, and really identifying like, what kind of shifts, like you mentioned, where you're like, okay, so say, you know, you know that the family that you want to go see are going to be present from this time to this time. Maybe that means that I can check off of my list three of the five people I would like to see over this holiday season at Thanksgiving by going from this time to this time. And then I know that the, the last two on my list of five, I'm going to make them a priority around Christmas, whatever the case may be. Identifying that like I can shift my own attendance to still be able to be present and have that connection without betraying and abandoning myself in the long run.
you know. And I think there's also a lot of like the glorification and martyrdom of yes. like, you know, well, these times are busy for everybody, but we all, everybody else makes the effort to get here kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, right, but maybe you shouldn't. Like right. Maybe if, if it feels like it's like a burden for yes. you to do all of this, if you're feeling like you're doing it simply because you always done it that way. Yes. Maybe it's to. time to, and you have to do it. Maybe it's time to reevaluate, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say like, um, like for my family, my extended family, it's always been potluck style, right? Like it's always been like, you know, this person does the turkey and whoever's hosting does the mashed potatoes. Um, and then so-and-so brings this or that, whatever. Everybody brings stuff. So it's not like you have one person who's cooking the entire day, right? right. But that's not how all families are. Right. Not all families are like that. There's a lot of families out there who it's like, you have one person who's doing the majority of all of the work, right? And so let's say you are in a life where that's the case and that's the case for you, that you're the one who's doing all of this. Is there anything like, is it something that you want to do, right? Like, for example, I went through a period of time to help me break myself of this pattern where I literally told my husband beforehand, I was like, I'm going to spend the next 60 days and I will not do anything that I cannot say that I want to do it. If I can't say, if I can't change need or have to into want, then I'm not going to do this. And he was like, that is going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And, And he was totally supportive and it was fine. And there were two weeks where like, I did not want to do laundry. I did not want to do it, so I did not do it. But when it got to the point that my daughter was going to be going to school in pajamas and rain boots, I was like, I would like to do laundry now because I would like my daughter to wear real clothes to school, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who is in charge of cooking the entire thing, take a look at like, what is, why are you doing it like this, you know? Are you doing it because you genuinely love cooking? It brings you joy to fill people's bellies. There are people like that. That's how they feel. It's great. Um, they find peace in the kitchen and it's just, it's like a craft. It's like an art for them. Mm-hmm. By all means, go for it. But are you doing it because nobody else will help? Are they not helping because you've never asked? Are they not helping because you've never given them the opportunity to learn? Um, do you Do you have to have this meal? you know, or is there an opportunity for you to just go and like cater instead, you know, like there are other options here and kind of recognizing why am I, why am I feeling the need to pile all of that on? Do I do that simply because of that martyrdom, that glorification of the martyrdom that like, Oh my gosh, look how much Susie did. This is amazing. She's so wonderful. And that's how you feel like you add value to people's lives because you have more value than cooking people some food. Yes. Amen. Even the best chefs in the world have more value than just cooking people food. Right. So if you feel like you're coming into the holiday season and you are visiting family members, you may not want to visit out of martyrdom and obligation. If you're the one responsible for cooking all of the food or hosting out of martyrdom or obligation. If you are, I mean, there are some people who have really, really terrible, terrible upbringings and childhoods and are still feeling the obligation to engage with these people for the holidays. 
Although I should put a caveat out there right now. The stuff that we talk about today and the techniques we talk about today, these are intended for kind of like general population, not people who are trying to recover from family traumatic events. That is, that is counseling. That is high level counseling with EMDR and like, Mm -hmm. that is not what we are. Professionals. We are talking, yeah, we are not professionals in the mental health world. We are definitely more in the like, hey, this is what has worked for us. And from a physiological standpoint, this is how mm-hmm. we can downgrade the nervous system yeah. based on our own medical experiences. But um, there are people who are still kind of obligatorily forced into being around people that they don't want to be around, right? If we can take a second and just step back and just say like, hey, if I were to take martyrdom out of my life, if I were to take obligation out of my life, what would my holiday look like? It can help you provide a little bit more clarity on what do you actually want to partake in? How do you want to show up? What's the timeframes you want to give people? What's the, what's your energetic commitment to everybody? You know, it can just kind of, it can provide more clarity and that's really what you want it to be. You know, it's not, you just don't want to be like, you're through the holiday weekend and you're like, what the heck just happened? Like, I feel like I got hit by a bus and I'm exhausted and I'm trying to recover for the entire month of January. Right. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And I think the the permission portion of that is brilliant. And you giving yourself permission to not do things out of duty and obligation then gives everyone you're around the same permission to make that decision and, and make that uh, shift within their own behavior. Um, something too, I think that can be very difficult to navigate within the holiday season is you are going to be around extended family and those people may not really be aligned with your views and your values. And that can be very difficult to navigate. Um, not everyone has the ability to have an open mind and, and, you know, sit down at the table and hear everyone's perspective. And that is okay. That is okay. We can really focus on releasing judgment for everyone involved, yourself as well, right? And identifying that your beliefs do not have to be the priority at the table. And your beliefs actually would be way more self-serving and you would feel so much better about the interactions if you were able to keep them a little bit closer to your chest and you were maybe not as in depth in the conversations, or maybe you, um, you know, decided upon some topics or, um, really like talking points that felt good for you, that kept things light, that you were able to partake in and interact with these individuals talking about these things and keeping the topic off of, you know, world events or politics or religion or whatever the case may be. Um, I think oftentimes we get in this place of like, I want to be myself and I want to show up for myself. And sometimes that looks like not speaking up. Sometimes that looks like being present in the moment and allowing the energy to kind of flow over us and not get trapped feeling like we have to be the ones to fix it or, uh, you know, correct them or save the day or have the answer. We can be present and have connection. And often that's probably what really they're looking for. Right. Um, and so I think that really being 
cognizant and, and finding some clarity around the relationships that you have, the interactions that you are going to be experiencing when you're in their space and in their environment and trying to get to a place of releasing judgment for everybody and focusing on the things about that person or that family or this dynamic that you do love, whether that's you know, memories in the past that have been wonderful and bring you joy and warm your heart or plans for the future. You know, maybe that's identifying like, Hey, when we're just sitting around and talking, everyone gets really emotional, gets really activated. Maybe we need to plan an activity a game or something in the future. Maybe you are identifying that you want to spend more family time, but it needs more structure. So that way it's not just soaking up the energy of the emotions and the the tragedy or whatever's going on in life, right? Um, So that you can spend quality time with them and feel good about the situation and feel good about the relationship afterwards so that you're not kind of in that rumination and beating yourself up for whatever the case may be. Well, and I think that you, you had a really, really great tip earlier. So this is kind of for anybody who feels like maybe you've, you've been on whatever journey you've been on and you have been through something in a similar enough experience that you feel like you would be able to add advice or add, shed some light on a situation to a family member or a friend. Um, and, but you feel like, gosh, every time I've ever tried to like connect with them through this, this, you know, environment, it's been shut down. It's been not well received. I've been attacked or I feel like I'm being attacked or I just feel like it's not appreciated or they don't want to hear from me. So I just, just shut my mouth and don't say anything. You had such a beautiful technique for this. So please share that with people on like how you can hear what the person is saying. You can stay engaged with the conversation, but you don't have to own the situation because that's where a lot of that hurt comes from is so badly. You want to help and you want Mm -hmm. them to see like, Hey, it could be better, but they're not necessarily at a place to see that or they fundamentally see the world differently than you. So your solution is not valid for them, which is totally happens. Absolutely. Go ahead and share a little bit about that. So I, this has been something for me, especially within my journey that has helped so much in identifying that no matter how hard I try, the piece of me that still wants to fix things for everyone and, and be the savior and the, you know, and, and prevent their suffering is still very much there. And oftentimes I have to get really clear with myself where my interaction is coming from, what energy it's coming from. And so a a way that I have identified being able to really show up in that interaction and still have that connectedness and make them feel like they're being seen without taking it on myself is asking questions and being interested and saying, you know, what are you going to do about that? What's your plan? How are you going to handle that? You're welcome to offer up, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. But you don't have to be the one to have all the answers. And so asking questions about their plan or how they're feeling about the situation is a really great way to put that energy back on them 
so that you aren't owning it. And this is not to say that they're trying to make you own it. This is not to say that they're trying to make their problems your problems. They might just be venting or, you know, updating you on what's been going on in their life. And at the same time, our inner savior is coming to the day thinking, oh, well, if I just tell them this one article that I read or this one Facebook video that I watched or this one, you know, whatever, that that could change their life. And you're right. It could. But are you offering that up for you or for them? And so can we shift maybe our reaction to be instead of the most interesting person in the room, the most interested person in the room and let them be the ones to navigate that dynamic and really tell you what their plans are. And that could put it to where, you know, maybe, maybe people haven't responded that way. That could offer them an opportunity to have more clarity because they're like, Oh, you know, I've never thought about it that way. I've never thought what I was going to do about it. I just was waiting for someone else to make the decision, the doctor, you know, the lawyer, the banker, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the way that I like to handle that is, is, asking the question and asking them, you know, what are you going to do about that? And let me know if there's a way that I can help, mm -hmm. but not taking it on to be your own responsibility and own it. I love that. I really do. It's going to have to be one that I use too. I have a tendency to always ask, like, do you want help with this? Or yes. what are you looking for from me? Like, are you looking to vent? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for solutions? But then I have to kind of go the next step and recognize that my solutions might not be well received. So yeah. I can either put it out there like an Instagram post, take it or don't take it. Right. right. Or just ask more questions and just kind of keep the solutions to myself, recognizing that like, yeah, my solutions, I don't live the same life that you live. Right. Yeah, I don't get I don't, I don't get fussed by the same things that you get fussed about, but I also probably get fussed about things that don't register for you, you know? Right, so right. like, yeah, our solutions, all of this to say, if you are feeling some kind of way about your interactions, own what you can own, but don't take ownership of what they're, what the other person should be owning for themselves. Absolutely. One of my favorite, my favorite things is, um, we really should have Marcy on, quite frankly. She uh -huh. would be great. She should season definitely three. be a season three. Yes, season three interview with Marcy Kocher. Um, but one of the things that she always says is like, you get to decide how you show up. You get to decide. I would like, I want to be the kind of person who fill in the blank. And that's one of my favorite things is that when I'm, when I'm feeling like I'm going into a challenging interaction with somebody, whether it be family member, friend, patient, um, you know, business, anything. If I'm going into a, an interaction that I'm just kind of feeling a little bit of ick about, the first thing I do is I spend time with my emotional processing, which we covered previously, mm -hmm. but like sit with the emotions, feel that, let it do its thing. Then I get to decide, how do I want to show up with this person? I want to be the kind of person who shows up authentically or I want to be the kind of person who doesn't lay all my cards down for people to see, or I want to be the kind of person who's not easily manipulated, or I want to be the kind of person who's fully trusting, you know, like yep. you get to kind of decide what kind of person you want to be and you get to show up like that. And guess what? If you show up that way and you love it, great. And if you don't love it, you get to decide something different next time. Like it's really fine, yep. you know? So 
that would be kind of my recommendation as we move forward into the holidays and helping ourselves feel safe mm-hmm. and loving in environments that can feel just overtaxing. When the nervous system is overtaxed, we are shifting into a little bit more of that survival mode and therefore are more apt to see danger. Whether danger truly exists or doesn't exist, your nervous system responds the same way. So when you are in that heightened state of stress, you are more likely to sense danger where potentially danger does not exist. So Mm -hmm. having these boundaries in place, using the physiological side to calm you down, setting the boundaries beforehand with saying like, hey, I would love it if we could focus, you know, on more positive things. Let's maybe hold the political talks, the the war talks, the this talks, the religion talks, the whatever Mm -hmm. for another time. Or, you know, saying like, just setting whatever boundaries you need to set beforehand. And if you have a team member that can go with you, great, even better. You know, you can be supportive to them. They can be supportive to you and you can kind of face the whole thing as a, as a team effort. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I love that. This has been a fun season, right? I think it's that awesome. we've had some really wonderful guests starting off with Julie and all of her wisdom and values was wonderful. Um, I loved interviewing Molly. I felt like she had such just, I love her story and I feel like the permission to own who you are and do things that are outside of the box and aren't necessarily mainstream and understood by everyone, like was brilliant and wonderful. Um, I wanted to, I was just going to say Stefan Thalia. I was going to say the, um, the running from the bear, right? Like it's like the primitive reflexes, right? Like your body is trained to believe you're running from a bear. And so it's reacting that way. And we have to be able to, you know, all the nervous system stuff. Like I loved that for sure. I feel like, um, in the background of things, there's been a lot going on, which we've kind of talked about a little bit. We talked about everything going on with my mom and, um, her health journey, um, Something that we did not share yet with our listeners is kind of the life happenings within our little trio, our team. Abigail manifested some beautiful, brilliant, radiant opportunities to explore her creative gifts in a mm-hmm. employment way. What, the, what word am I looking for there? Not employment. She's getting paid to do things she loves. Yeah. And it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so we, we, you know, we kind of shifted some things around with the format of this season to really make sure that everything was aligned and working for us. And it wasn't weighing down the intention of what we're doing here. And so I think um, if we want to talk a little bit about what's going to come in season three and what to expect. So for season three, we fully intend to come back for season three. That is definitely an intention that all of us have. What season three will look like is a little bit up in the air. Um, It may be more in this every other week format that we've been doing recently versus a weekly basis. Um, And our intention is to kind of really highlight a lot of the people that are not you know, not your cookie cutter 
this is how you're healthy type of lifestyle. We really, really like bringing in people that are mainstream with different approaches um, or were mainstream and found different approaches that work better for them. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a pelvic PT podcast. This is not a body code podcast. We are people who practice in those worlds who see a lot of different stuff and see how important collaborative care is. And when we started bringing in collaborative care, how insanely different people's lives have been as a result of that. Not just like, oh, I don't hurt anymore, but like, oh, I don't hurt anymore, which allowed me more energy to focus on my relationships, which now I have found a partner who I love completely. And then they showed me my value and helped me see my value that now I'm not stuck in a dead end job anymore. I mean, like we see totally life changing things Mm -hmm. just by adding in this collaboration. So our intention moving forward is to continue to bring in experts in their field that are areas that you might not know. You know, some of the things on the docket that we want to talk about is hormonal experts for people who menstruate or um, personal trainers who take kind of a mind body approach or, you know, um, more touch points with Nicole or other chiropractors. We have, I have a chiropractic friend who specializes in like a lot of autoimmune stuff, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, um, so just like different aspects where we have people who are experts in their field talking about that type of stuff. And yes, Chelsea and I will add in like how this has kind of worked with some of our patients to give kind of like real life understanding of like what this looks like clinically mm-hmm. versus kind of an abstract view. Yeah. Um, but that's our intention moving forward is to kind of be that gateway, that, you know, open door to like the amount of times that we hear people like, I didn't even know somebody did that. I didn't know there was help for me, right? Mm-hmm. We want to highlight those people yep. um, so that people can really continue to find their team that helps them age gracefully and love mm-hmm. life and just, you know, continue to live their best life possible, you know, yes. in every possible aspect. Mm-hmm. So like I said, how functionally that's going to work uh, whether it's a weekly or every other week or monthly type of situation, um, that all kind of depends with how these next couple months go with everybody sinking into new jobs and new locations where they're living and, you know, just a new lifestyle that is all very, very exciting, but does kind of deviate from a structure and cadence that we've been used to so far. So yeah. we're very excited for what is to come. Um, and we just ask for your grace and your patience with us as we kind of find this new groove. Um, and we hope and we intend for it to be, you know, continue to build on the progress that we've made as we kind of listen back, you know, just even season one to season two, how much happier we are with the product that we're putting out just in, you know, who, you know, like who we're talking into, the things that we're talking about, um, and just the entire, the entire product. So we're yeah, very happy with absolutely. what we've given everybody so far. Um, we will probably do a reintroduction episode as to who we are in season three. Yeah. <laughs> with, with not the sound quality from our first episode of <laughs> the cell phone behind the computer situation. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. So we hope that, we hope that everything from today helps everybody with kind of managing expectations for themselves during the holidays um, helps give you that autonomy to like have agency over yourself and your environment so that you don't feel like you're just like 
a feather in the wind being blown around to all these different obligations, but you can show up to things that may potentially feel like an obligation with actual love and excitement so that they no longer feel obligatory. Yes. Um, and then um, we look forward to chatting with everybody in the new year. So mm-hmm. hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season, whichever holidays you celebrate. If you don't celebrate holidays, I hope that the winter months are not too terribly good for you. <laughs> and otherwise, we hope that everybody just continues to work on themselves and work on your environment so that you can continue to nourish the soul, heal the body, and expand the mind. Thank you, everyone, for coming. (laughs) Bye-bye. Goodbye.